The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Kate Watson. It's Friday the 16th of October. In your Squiz today, elections, elections everywhere. National Cabinet is postponed. Protests are banned in Thailand. And a big weekend of sport. This is your Squiz today. Got a couple of elections to get across ahead of the weekend, Claire, with both New Zealanders and Canberrans heading to the polls. We'll start over the ditch where Jacinda Ardern is up for re-election for the first time since she assumed office in 2017. Her opponent is Judith Collins. Talk us through the issues. Jacinda mania hasn't really let up since before the election in 2017, and she's had a really big term in government. She was the second ever female national leader to give birth while in office, and she was praised for her compassionate handling of the Christchurch mosque attacks, and then there was the White Island volcano disaster, and then, of course, coronavirus. New Zealand went into one of the world's hardest lockdowns, but that doesn't seem to have dented her popularity. The voting system in New Zealand is set up to throw to sort of coalition governments. No party has led in a majority for quite some time, but there's a chance that Ardern might actually do that this weekend. Yeah, currently Jacinda Ardern's Labor Party is in a coalition with Deputy Prime Minister Winston Peters' New Zealand First Party. Her opponent, Claire, is Judith Collins of the National Party. Look, she's a hardened politician. She says that she's not much into Ardern's sort of love and a hug approach, she calls it. She says she stands for hope and a job. You might hear her referred to as Crusher Collins. That was a nickname given to her when she was the police minister and backed a policy to crush the cars of hoons. To the ACT election, there's about 300,000 eligible voters in the ACT, so it's not huge, Claire, but there are 25 Legislative Assembly spots up for grabs. Labor's been in power there for 19 years and that doesn't look like changing. No, that's certainly what the polls say. It's expected that Andrew Barr, the chief minister there, will get over the line against Alistair Coe, who leads the Liberals. It's the first major Australian election, this one, where a vast majority of votes are going to be cast by electronic console. Let's hope there's no technical glitches. (laughs) Knock on wood. Knock on wood. We'll get to some more technical glitches later in the podcast. But first of all, over to Thailand again this morning, Claire. And after three months of largely peaceful pro-democracy demonstrations, Thai authorities yesterday enacted an emergency law, which means protests are now banned in Bangkok. Also banned is the publishing of information online that could create fear or affect national security. That brought out tens of thousands of demonstrators yesterday in defiance of that ban. It's a big move because the nation has very tough laws against speaking out. Amnesty International put out a statement that said, and this is the quote, these moves are clearly designed to stamp out dissent and sow fear in anyone who sympathises with the protesters' views. The Prime Minister's been in Queensland this week ahead of an election at the end of October, but, and this is where we're going to talk about some technical issues, he's now become stuck in Cairns, Claire. 
The plane can't get off the ground by all accounts and without a secure link from that far north Queensland city, he's unable to take part in the National Cabinet meeting today. That's when a plan was due to be discussed about bringing a 1,000 stranded Australians home a week via commercial and charter flights. Uh, got to feel sorry for the Northern Territory's Chief Minister, Michael Gunner, who was already on a plane to Sydney to make that announcement today. There are currently over 29,000 Australians overseas who want to come home, so lots of people hanging on that announcement. National Cabinet's been postponed. Yeah, postponed until next week when that discussion will take place. Cairns has got a lot of great things, Claire, but a secure line isn't one of them. (laughs) To New South Wales politics and an update on where things are at for Premier Gladys Berejiklian. At the Independent Commission Against Corruption, Daryl Maguire was asked about his relationship with the Premier. A lot of that was kept private, though. Yeah, what the Commission said was that it wasn't really in the public interest to go into the ins and outs of Berejiklian and Maguire's relationship in that public hearing, so they took it offline. Unfortunately, though, the transcripts were accidentally loaded onto the website, so there's a few details in the press this morning. And really where it seemed to get to was that Maguire and Berejiklian uh, were in Wagga a bit. They had dinner with Maguire's business contacts and also Maguire outlined that Berejiklian was someone who he described as a trusted friend who he would raise things with, particularly about his financial dealings. Lots of questions still to be answered, but Premier Gladys Berejiklian has doubled down, maintaining that she's done nothing wrong. Leaving politics now, and as we know, Virgin Australia has been sold to US private equity firm Bain Capital. That was announced in September. Now they're making some changes at the top with CEO Paul Scarra standing down. He's going to be replaced by former Jetstar boss Jane Hardlicker. She is someone who has been around corporate Australia for quite some time. She's also the chair of Tennis Australia. Uh, She is someone also that has a lot of experience in running a low-cost carrier. That's a real concern to the transport union who are worried that Bain Capital are about to gut Virgin and take all sorts of jobs and cost out of that airline. Paul Scar has only been in that job since early 2019. He had big plans, but cue a global pandemic, throws a spanner in the works. They sure do. All right, Claire, it's not a Friday in October without a quick look at sport. Tonight in the AFL, Port Adelaide play Richmond and in the NRL, Melbourne play Canberra. Tomorrow night, it's the Brisbane Lions and Geelong Cats in the AFL and Souths take on Penrith in the Rugby League. The Netball Grand Final is on this Sunday. Melbourne Vixens playing the West Coast Fever and Game 2 of the Bledisloe is on at the same time. That's Rugby Union, so predicting some fighting over the remote for plenty of Aussie families on Sunday, Claire. Yeah, and also for racing fans, it's a big one. Tomorrow afternoon, we've got the Everest and the Caulfield Cup running very closely together. Of course, I thought when you said racing, you were going to talk about Bathurst. That's also on this weekend. And while we're talking about things to watch, Claire, the trailer for the fourth season of The Crown is out. I'll pop a link to that in your episode notes. It looks thrilling. It does look exciting. And actress Emma Corrin, who's playing Princess Diana, man, yeah. she looks like her. It's extraordinary. So similar. She's a relatively unknown actress. Big role to take on. Sure is. She'll arrive with a bang with that she one. She sure will. That's out on the 15th of November. 
Claire, there have been a lot of words that have really come into their own this year. I'm thinking Zoom, social distancing, self-isolating, the Rona. Flattening the curve. Flattening the curve. That's, yep, that's another one. Today we bring you tablescaping. (laughs) It's the latest trend where very house-proud people are getting out all their good crockery, their good cutlery, all their napery, making very elaborate table settings. Apparently it's a thing. It's a thing. There's a competition. I saw when I did a quick Google, tablescaping competition. And if you go onto Instagram, there's hundreds of thousands of pictures with the hashtag tablescape. So get into it. I bet. And while we're talking about sitting down at the table to eat, the recipe this week is all about Christmas planning. It's this weekend's task to get onto the Christmas plum pudding and put it away for a couple of months. So it's better when you put it away, isn't it? Tastes better. Absolutely. And all the grog in it gets to soak into it properly and flavour everything. It's delicious. Two months till Christmas. That's all from us this week. Larissa will be back with you on Monday after a bit of a holiday. Over the weekend, if you feel like starting to get across the US election, don't forget about part one in our Squiz Shortcuts mini-series. We tackle the congressional races and what they mean for governing in the US. That's all from us. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be back on Monday. The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesqueers.com.au. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super, one of Australia's most awarded super funds. It can be hard to know where the best place to grow your super is, but with awards like CanStar's Outstanding Value three years in a row and Money Magazine's 2024 Ultra Long Term Performance, Aware Super's 1.1 million members can be confident their super is in good hands. Visit aware.com.au forward slash awards to find out more. Awards are only one consideration. Read the PDS and TMD on the website.